The following is a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike LLC. First down and 10 from the 13 yard line. McNutt on the fade in the corner. He's got a touchdown. Huge breakdown and mistake by the Warhawk defense. You can see James Vandenberg notices it, changes the play at the line of scrimmage. Way too much real estate out there for the cornerback to cover. Third touchdown reception of the year for Marvin McNutt. Hello, Hawkeye fans. This is John Patchett, and welcome to the football show from Hawkeye's Mike. This show features former NFL and Iowa Hawkeye star Marv Cook. Marv breaks down Iowa's win over the University of Louisiana Monroe, and he previews the Big Ten Conference opener at Penn State. The show also features the weekly Big Ten Conference update. This Hawkeye's Mike podcast is one in a series of our three weekly programs this year, which include regulars Brent Valbonat and Marv Cook, as well as numerous guest commentators and reporters. Be sure to check out Brent Balbinat's press box report from the ULM game and tomorrow's release of the reporter's notebooks. And broadcast school has really paid off. The Iowa ULM game highlights are courtesy of the Big Ten Network with announcers Kevin Kugler and Danon Hughes. A nice job calling this contest. We very much appreciate it and thank them. And they go for it on fourth and goal and Vandenberg sneaks it in for the touchdown. Excellent job of leadership by James Vandenberg right there for the one-yard plunge. Done that throughout this season, Kevin. We've seen him carry the ball and really in those pressure situations do an excellent job of taking control himself. And what a start for the Iowa Hawkeyes. A sprint to the goal line and they take the early 7-0 lead. Hawkeyes Mike football programs come to you following every game during the entire season and are brought to you in part by Prefence Hand Sanitizer. One application lasts all day. Try the hand sanitizer used by the Iowa Hawkeyes. And remember, the best defense is Prefence. And by the Marsh Cook Investment Group in Coralville, Iowa. Marsh Cook, for all your investment needs. HawkeyesMike.com. It's sports talk radio on the internet, just for you, the Iowa fan. All sports, all Hawks, all the time. Looking back at the ULM game, Iowa fans who wondered how soon they would again see the no-huddle, wide-open offense the Hawks used in their historic comeback victory over Pitt got their answer in the opening drive of the game against the Warhawks. From the outset, Iowa used multiple sets, no huddles, shotguns, and single or no-back sets. The Hawks ran 44 offensive plays in the first half alone and finished the day having run 67 offensive plays for a total of 400. 53 yards. The attack was also very balanced, 34 running plays and 33 passes. QB James Vandenberg completed passes to eight different players, and Iowa's running game flourished, featuring Marcus Coker as well as true freshman Damon Bullock and the speedy Jordan Canzeri. Coker finished the game with 18 carries for 118 yards. The Hawkeyes showed considerable improvement overall as they completed the non-conference portion of their 2011 schedule. Iowa also 
committed just one turnover and was flagged for only one penalty, which was committed by a reserve late in the game. By the end of this contest, the Hawks had played 10 true freshmen on the season, the most ever under head coach Kirk Ferentz, and out of necessity in all three phases, offense, defense, and special teams. Iowa scored on all six of its red zone possessions, five TDs and a field goal, was six of 11 in third down conversions, and two of two on fourth down chances. Vandenberg scored his third rushing touchdown of the season, the most by an Iowa quarterback since Nathan Chandler had six in 2003. Vandenberg also has 10 passing TDs through the first four games and finished the day throwing 32 passes and completing 21 of them, including two touchdowns to Marvin McNutt and one to Keenan Davis. McNutt continued his climb in the Iowa record books. In this game, he caught seven passes for 100 yards and his two TD grabs gives him 20 for his career and leaves him just one short of the all-time Hawkeye record currently jointly held by Tim Dwight and Danon Hughes. Cavanti Martin Manley also had another good game with catches for 82 yards. On the defensive side, senior Tom Nardo was named Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week after a career-best 12 tackles, one-half sack, and two tackles for loss. Middle linebacker James Morris had 10 tackles. Most meaningful stats? The Hawks had 180 yards rushing to ULM's 59, and Iowa averaged 5.3 yards per carry. Most meaningless stat, again, time of possession. That seems to be a recurring theme this season, at least so far. In this game, ULM had the ball for 32 minutes to Iowa's 28. We welcome back Marv Cook for his weekly X's and O's stint on Hawkeye's Mike. Marv breaks down Iowa's win over ULM, including the Hawks' impressive offensive display. Sean Patchett visits with Marv. All right, Marv, so your initial impressions of Iowa against ULM. You know, I think it was a, it was a good game. We did, you know, a lot of things that we needed to do to get better and, uh, um, you know, faced another unique style of offense that I think is going to ultimately make us better as we get into the Big Ten and face those types of uh, systems. So uh, a good test for us and ultimately one that we, you know, we passed and, and were able to come out with a good victory. Your thoughts on James Vandenberg so far? You know, I've been out kind of vocal about it. I think he may be the best passer we've had in a long time. I mean, he's making throws, I think, that, uh, you know, he's throwing into a two-foot window on some of these vertical seam routes and some of these fade routes into the receivers. I mean, he's throwing the ball to a spot where only re receivers can catch it uh, into some pretty good coverage. So I've been very, very pleased with it. When he's throwing the ball in time, when he's throwing the ball in rhythm, he's about as good as I've seen. Do you have any comparable players that come to mind, or does he remind you of anyone you played with? I think he's a great leader. I love his temperament. I love uh, his makeup. I think he's a tough kid. You know, he's really appreciated. He spent his time as a backup, and now that it's his time, he's stepping up and, and doing the right things from a leadership standpoint. Uh, you know, holding the younger kids accountable, getting them ready, uh, knowing that there's going to be some growing pains, but ultimately, you know, showing the type of leadership that it's going to take to lead us into the Big Ten. So. You know, it's a tough one. I mean, he's different than a lot of different guys. Like I said, I think he's, in my opinion, he may be the best pure passer that we've had in a long time at Iowa. And that's, I mean, I, Chuck Long was a great quarterback and did some great things, but from, you know, arm strength, mechanics, release, uh, you know, the different balls he can throw, you know, I think he's got a chance to be, you know, very, 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 very special quarterback at Iowa. 
in my opinion, from what I've seen, it looks like his poise uh, doesn't really reflect how much time in actual games he's had. He seems to be beyond that. How much of an impact does it have on the rest of the team? That's a great point. You know, he, he has played in some big games. Obviously, the Ohio State game, uh, you know, a year, a year or two ago uh, was a great game for him and, and, and happened to fill in when Stanzi got hurt. Uh, you know, those are great experiences. But yeah, he has not had many starts at the Big Ten level, and, and, and he comes in, and you would not know it by the way he goes about his business, by the way he, you know, does interviews, by the way he, you know, handles himself off the football field. So his maturation is, I think, is, is ahead of where most would be at this time, and, and he does look like he's very, very comfortable with where he's at. Now, there's been a lot of buzz from you know, fellow players about Jordan Kenziri, you know, how smart he is, how quickly he picked up the playbook. What do you see there? What kind of potential do you think he has? The thing that Iowa needs in the running game is Coker's a great back. He's a big, heavy, tough running back, and you need a change of pace. Uh, if you remember when we had Weigert back there, I mean, he was a different style slasher. It forces the defense to adjust to two different styles. You know, if you're taking on Coker, you're going to take on a heavy thud guy that's got to come in there and take it on, square it up. And if you're taking on a slasher guy that's got a little bit more shake to him, then now you come in a little less aggressive because, uh, you, you know, you may get faked out of your jock strap. So, you know, and if you have that change of pace, I think it forces the defense to maybe play a little differently at times. And it, you know, allows the running game, I think, to get, you know, just a different pace to it when, the, when we're running the football. And, and that's never a bad thing if you have two good backs. And I think that's the great thing that he's bringing to the table right now. As far as the other stuff, you know, running backs are special breed. I mean, they got to be incredibly athletic, incredibly tough. You know, they face a lot of, of stuff. Most of these guys that are running back at, at college level, you know, were touching the ball 30, 40 times in high school. So they were very, very involved in their offenses. So they're usually smart kids as well. So. And at the running back position, if you give them a couple protections and you know maybe six or seven running plays, they should be able to handle that pretty well. Now sticking with the offense, no huddle-wise, from what you've seen from Iowa's offense, do you think they're going to continue to have success with that? Do they have the personnel to you know run that a little bit more? We really do. I mean, you know, we've got uh, Martin Manley and uh, you know Keenan Davis and, and, and Marvin McNutt. You know, I, I think you got three you know race cars. I mean, you got three guys that are studs and, and can catch the ball and run good routes and and can stretch the defense. And then also, you know, the, the Derby's getting some decent minutes of the tight end position and making the you know making the catch when he when it, when it presents himself. So you know, we've got four four or five different guys that he can throw the ball to. And anytime you can spread the field out, you can try to create some mismatches and. And, and with the three guys outside especially, I think if they're going basic defense, we have an advantage. So uh, what that's going to force defenses to do is go nickel and dime, bring in more defensive backs to try to cover those guys up. And if that's the case, now you got Marcus Coker running on, on defensive backs, and that's a good thing for Iowa. Uh, well, we're 3-1 starting Big Ten play. Can you list some positives, negatives, you know, anywhere on the team that's still a question mark? Yeah, I mean, I think we're thin at linebacker. Uh, I mean, I think they're playing okay. I think we've got some good guys there, uh, great athletes. Uh, my concern is you get into the Big Ten and, they, and, and you start facing some big offensive lines, you know, how well they hold up at that point. But I think we are built better to handle the spread offenses with our athletic linebackers. I think we've got to get more pressure from our front four when we're rushing. I don't think we're still creating enough pressure with our front four. Uh, we've got to work on that. and. and and a lot of that is creating extra time. You know, Steel Jans at Iowa State was able to make great plays just by buying time and get an extra two or three seconds to get receivers open. I think our secondary is doing a decent job. So, uh, you know, I, I think cautiously optimistic defensively. I think we're thin some areas, but uh, ultimately I think 
I think we'll be okay there. And then offensively, you know, we just we got to run the ball a little bit more effectively. We haven't run the ball as effectively as I thought we would be at this point, but uh, I think that'll continue to get better and better as the offensive line gets to you know settle in a little bit and the backs get comfortable with everything that's going on. And, and then ultimately, I think the change of pace with the new offensive packages could actually add a, a ton of value as we into the Big Ten season as well. It looked like last year it was the first year in a long time where Kirk Ferentz's team didn't really progress as the season went along. They either kind of stayed flat or regressed in some areas. What do you see about this team you know, that gives you the impression that's not going to happen this season? You know, this team doesn't really have a lot of superstars. I think you get great players. I think Marvin McNutt's a super player. You know, last year we had a ton of guys that, you know, were big-time players. You know, Stansy was back and DJK and, and Adrian Claiborne and, and, and you just had a bunch of guys that were, you know, kind of bell cow guys, you know. And, you know, this year is more of a, a group, I think, that still feels like they really need to prove something. Uh, I think that a lot of these guys haven't really made their case yet as why they're, you know, all Big Ten or why they deserve to be on this stage. And I think anytime you have a group of guys that kind of play with a little bit of a chip, uh, a little bit of something to prove, you know, that makes for an improvement each and every day because ultimately you realize that we got to get better and better and better and, and you do that every single day in practice and, and that's what kind of hopefully will, will lead us to, to continual improvement as we get going in the offseason. Not that the guys didn't last year. Adrian Claiborne was a stud, you know, coming in as a sophomore, junior, and he knew it. And, and you had four or five guys like that. Ricky Stanzi had already had a lot of success in Big Ten. You know, I mean, sometimes it's easy to get into this, I'm going to do the same thing I did last year, instead of always kind of continuing to get better and better and better. And I, I don't mean that I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm just, um, you know, saying that they had already had a, a ton of success. I think a lot of these guys this year haven't had a lot of success yet and really need, feel like they still need to prove it. After the Big Ten update, Marv analyzes Iowa's defense and the importance of containment, and he talks Big Ten. And now with Coker and Myers behind him in the eye, third down, those same inches to go for the first, and on third down, the give is to Coker, and Coker into the end zone for the touchdown! The Hawkeyes with a 20-3 lead. Three great drives by the Hawkeyes so far in this ballgame, and what a way to cap it off by the strong, solid run by Marcus Coker, the sophomore running back, really expecting big things from him after building last year. More complete in 2011, has really done a nice job so far in this ballgame. How many things have you touched today? Hmm? Ooh, a puppy. <laughs> How many places have your hands been? Ooh, a keyboard. 24-hour hand sanitizer protection just makes sense. Prefins, a silica-based hand sanitizer protects your hands all day. Stays on. Up to 10 washings. Moisturizes. Alcohol-free. And safe for the kids. So go ahead. Touch anything and everything. Ew, a toilet. Prefins. Keep your hands germ-free all day. In our Big Ten update this week, the conference is one of just three with five or more top 25 teams. The Wisconsin Badgers lead the pack at fourth in the AP poll, fifth in the USA Today coaches poll. Michigan, Nebraska, Illinois, and Michigan State are ranked between 11th and 20th in one or both polls. Three conference teams remain undefeated through the first five weeks. Illinois, which defeated Northwestern in a nail-biter. Michigan, which clobbered a hapless Minnesota. And Wisconsin, which totally dominated 
Nebraska. It's the second straight season the Big Ten has had three or more unbeaten teams after five weeks of play. Nationally, there are still 15 undefeated teams. The Big 12, or what's left of it, is the only other conference with three or more teams without a loss at this point in the year. The Big Ten has several teams and players ranked highly in national stats. Wisconsin has the third most prolific offense, and running back Monty Bell, who has 14 touchdowns, leads the nation in scoring per game at 16.8. Quarterback Russell Wilson, who shined against the Cornhuskers, ranks second in passing efficiency and is one of only two QBs with a 200 or better rating. Michigan's Denard Robinson is ranked fourth in rushing, averaging 139.25 yards per game. Hawkeyes QB James Vandenberg is 20th nationally in pass efficiency. Marvin McNutt is 22nd in receiving yards per game. Perhaps surprisingly, Iowa is ranked 21st in scoring offense at 37.75 points per game. Iowa's Michael Meyer is 5th in the country in field goals per contest, and punter Eric Guthrie is 15th, averaging 44.87 yards per kick. Michigan State is number one in total defense, and Iowa's opponent this Saturday, Penn State, ranks 5th in total defense and 7th in scoring defense. The conference actually has six teams ranked in the top 25 in scoring defense at this point in the season. It's interesting to note that this is the first time in several years where Iowa is not ranked highly in any defensive category. Key games this weekend, in addition to Iowa at Penn State, include Michigan playing at Northwestern and in a game that has lost much of its luster following last Saturday, Ohio State at Nebraska. Also interesting is the fact that two Big Ten teams will play their first road games of the season, Michigan and Illinois, which makes the short trip to Indiana. With the Big Ten's new alignment, divisional play is especially important, and that makes the Wolverines-Wildcats game one to watch. Iowa fans will also be interested to see how Northwestern quarterback Dan Persa plays after suffering an injury in the Illini game. The Wildcats have already lost starting running back Mike Trumpy for the season with a torn ACL. Wisconsin and Michigan State have bye weeks. Whoever loses the Buckeyes-Cornhuskers game will be in last place in their division. Key will be how Nebraska rebounds from the beating it took at Wisconsin and whether, perhaps, Nebby has been overrated. You would expect it to get healthy, however, facing an anemic Ohio State offense that is last in the Big Ten and ranks near the bottom nationally. Plus, the Buckeyes will remain without two key players, running back Dan Heron and receiver Devere Posey, who had their suspensions extended for at least one more game as a result of additional off-field problems. How the mighty have fallen, at least for the time being. Next, Marv Cook talks Iowa defense and the Big Ten Conference. Uh, I noticed during the uh, game against ULM, one of the broadcasters was talking about Iowa's defense, and a quote that stuck out was containment, containment, containment. And it looked like, you know, against Pitt, towards the end on that last drive before the interception, they ran the same play three or four times in a row pretty successfully for 20 or 30 yards. And ULM, when they first got the ball their first series, they were doing pretty much the same play as Pitt. You know, what can Iowa do to try and you know, work in that containment containment? Are they just going to be the bend but don't break? Well, I think that's kind of our MO is, is bend but don't break. And, and the problem with that is, is if you face good enough teams, you know, they'll, they'll convert the third and mediums. They'll, they'll convert the third and sixth plays. They won't drop the ball. They won't run the wrong route. No, they'll execute and then they can score points. And if you leave it down to one play, 
in the Big Ten, there's good enough players that will make that play and beat you. Same thing we found against Iowa State, where you know if you leave it down to one play, that you know Steel Jans can find a way to, to win a game. So that being the case, what you almost are better off doing is if you're going to rush four, a guy like Steel Jans, make him throw from the pocket. You know, our, our seven guys in defense are, are, are in curl zones and hook zones, you know, in, in, the, in the areas they need to be to cover the guys up, and then they can match up once the play develops. As long as he's thrown from the pocket, he's not near as effective. What happens is when he breaks the pocket, now things break down, now somebody's got to avoid the zone to come up and contain, and now you got a throwing lane in there, and that's kind of where it happens. So what you almost have to do is you almost have to make a concerted effort that maybe not, not necessarily you're looking to get the sack, but you're just looking to keep, continue to press the pocket, keep the, keep him in that little four or five yard box that he's got to throw it out from there. And then let our defensive guys cover from that standpoint. What happens is, you know, if an end gets upfield too far, and then it, now he's got a running lane, or if he ducks underneath the tackle, now he can break contain to the outside. So you really got to just continue to press the pocket, get the two inside guys to push, get into his face, not give him a good you know visual, and then have the ends really press from the outside and just keep him in there. And, and you can get him in there for 10 seconds, and it's tough to throw from in there when you got five or six guys standing in front of you. Versus now they're on the edge and they got you know wide open visibility and they got a lot of field to work with. So I think that's the the thing if you're gonna continue to rush four against some of these athletic guys is just make sure you contain the pocket, keep your rush lane, uh, you know, integrity, and just make sure he stays in there. All right, what should we look for against Penn State, um, and what's your prediction? Well, I'm excited. More of the same. I mean, I think we've had their number. I say we. It's, it's Coach Ferentz, his staff, and, and the players, but, uh, you know, they've had a lot of success over in, in, in Penn State and against Penn State, and, and, I, and I think the one thing you see, and it's always been the case over the last 10 years, is, is with Iowa, you get a physical, tough, disciplined team. With Penn State, you get an incredibly athletic team. You get incredibly good athletes. Tight ends are athletic. The receivers are athletic. Quarterbacks are athletic. You know, running backs are incredibly athletic. But when it comes down to it's a game of inches and you're fighting over inches, you know, in turf, it's the tough physical team that they're going to push the other guys back. And I think that's where we have a, a huge advantage is offensively and defensively with our front seven is I think we're just more physical than Penn State is. And if we need three yards, we're going to get three yards. And if Penn State needs three yards, they're going to get about a yard. Um, now they're going to make plays athletically and you'll see 10 or 15 yard runs or you'll see nice screens or, or, or completions, but I don't think they can sustain drives you know, continually be able to run the football effectively against us over a long period of time. And I think that's where I was going to have a huge advantage is we'll be able to run the ball effectively and then ultimately pass off of it. Your thoughts on the Wisconsin-Nebraska game and uh, looking at non-conference plays, is there anything that surprised you about teams from the Big Ten? And uh, ultimately, how do you see the Big Ten, both divisions this year, shaking out? You know, I, I, think, um, I think our division... It's the Big Ten. I'm not going to say anything bad about the Big Ten other than I, 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 I probably will say something. I don't think it's as strong as it normally has been. I think Indiana's got a new coach. They're trying to you know, define who they're going to be and what style they're going to play. Uh, and then you got Penn State who beat them, what, 16-10. to 10. Uh, so, you know, not an impressive victory by Penn State. But, you know, any, any win in the Big Ten is a good win. It's still, it's still 1-0. So, ultimately, you know, Ohio State... And Michigan State was a you know ten nothing ball game until the last you know ten seconds, and Ohio State scored. So uh, you know I think, with the exception of Wisconsin and Iowa, um, 
and Nebraska now that they're in the Big Ten. I think uh, Michigan State and Michigan, you know, Michigan's another team that I think is a lot like Penn State. They're incredibly athletic, but I don't think they can stop the run effectively against a good power physical football team yet. You know, they got some special players in Denard Robinson. So, I mean, it's going to be wide open. I really like Iowa's chances. I like the way they're playing now. I like the fact that we had good tests against spread offenses, which is you know, kind of been our Achilles heel over the last few years. And, and I think we're built a little bit better with our linebackers being a little bit more nimble, athletic. So I'm excited. I mean, I, you know, I'm glad Nebraska came into the Big Ten. Uh, I, I would love to have three or four more other big time programs come in and really get a, you know, maybe a mega conference that's going to compete with some of these conferences they're building on the uh, West Coast and the East Coast and make the Big Ten kind of the, uh, you know, the rich heartland kind of conference. Well, any prediction for a Big Ten title game? You know, I think it's it's still too early to tell. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I think Iowa's going to be in the hunt. I really do. I think with the Legends division that we're in, we're going to have a good chance to make a, a run at this thing and, and to possibly play in the inaugural uh, uh, title game. <laughs> my kind of team, Charlie. It's my kind of team. So the Warhawks aren't going to snap it again. Dayton, your thoughts? on how the Iowa Hawkeyes took care of business in this one. Well, they took care of business in this part of the pre-Big Ten part of the season. I thought they did an excellent job. Had a little stumble against Iowa State, but they've really shored up. The key point is they've gotten better each and every week. Iowa Hawkeyes win it today, 45-17. to Just a reminder that you can participate in our shows by offering your own comments and opinions on the Hawks. The toll-free hotline is available 24 hours a day. Call 866-74-HAWKS and make your voice heard. Visit HawkeyesMike.com, go to the News and Events section, and check the links for up-to-date information on Iowa games, TV channels, team schedules, and more. Also, check out the game photos and video highlights of Iowa games, other Big Ten action, and teams from across the country. Just click on the Video tab. You can subscribe to all Hawkeyes Mike podcasts through iTunes, and you can follow Hawkeyes Mike on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. Also, be sure to check out all of the Hawkeye stories, features, and blogs in the Gazette, the Hawkeye, and the Daily Iowan. You're not really wearing that, are you? Wearing what? The man purse. It's where I keep all my things. I get a lot of compliments on this. Plus, it's not a man purse. It's called a satchel. Indiana Jones wears one. So does Joy Behar. Hawkeye's Mike football shows are brought to you in part by Prefence Hand Sanitizer, the revolutionary antimicrobial hand sanitizer that is alcohol-free and lasts all day with a single application. Try the hand sanitizer the Iowa Hawkeyes use. And remember, the best defense is Prefence. And by the Marsh Cook Investment Group, Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Network in Coralville, Iowa. Call 319-512-6261 or toll-free 800-883-0842. Marsh Cook, for all your investment needs. Our thanks again to the Big Ten Network for the game highlights this week. And as always, special thanks to Marv Cook and to Sean Patchett. We hope you've enjoyed this Hawkeyes Mike podcast, that you'll come back for more, and that you'll participate. By phoning and making your own voice heard on our shows, call 866-74-HAWKS. It's all Hawkeyes all the time on HawkeyesMike.com. One passion, many voices. Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast.
Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. This has been a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike, LLC.